You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker coming at you following Kyle Shanahan's press conference talking about a lot of injuries that have hit the 49ers, what he has done, what he had plans to do, what they are currently doing, and it's the end of the offseason program all of a sudden for the 49ers, partially due to these injuries. So we'll hear from Kyle Shanahan, his thoughts on the most recent injuries for the 49ers, what he can do to prevent those, what they have done already, what they have in place. Uh, We'll hear about uh, some notes on the quarterbacks and wide receivers and some of those things. And I know Mike McDaniels, the new offensive coordinator, quote unquote offensive coordinator, doesn't call the plays, but uh, in name, he's the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. Now he spoke as well as at the press conference. We're not going to have time to get to that. We will get to that stuff uh, sometime next week maybe on Monday's episode we also have some scouting reports coming up on uh, 49ers draft picks offensive linemen Aaron Banks uh, running backs Trey Sermon Elijah Mitchell tons of stuff coming on locked on 49ers at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter is where you can find us all right uh, any any Big takeaways before we get to his actual quotes, Croc, on what we heard from Kyle Shanahan from the press conference. The first thing I saw was just his body language before it. I don't even know if he was on, if he knew he was on video. He didn't seem like he really enjoyed being there too much. I actually screenshot it just because I was like, I'm going to figure out some way to use this. (laughs) I mean, he was just like, you know, leaned back, leaned to the side, looking like so like disinterested in any conversation that he had to have with the media. But, you know, obviously when he, you know, when they turned the camera on, you know, in a sense, and they started firing off the questions, he was Kyle Shanahan, his normal self. Got a little sassy with Grant Cohn. Yeah, as, <laughs> as, as he tends to, Grant gives it back to him on his channel, and uh, that, that's fun. So we know that at least some people in the building, and if it's not Shanahan himself, somebody's probably telling him. We know Jimmy Ward watches Grant's YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, go check out Crocker and Grant and some other folks, a special guest on Croc Talk TV talking about uh, some injuries and some things. And that was a fun little roundtable you had there on Croc Talk TV. But let's get into this Kyle Shanahan press conference. And yeah, once the, once he started rolling, it was the same old Shanahan, but it was just funny. His body language is like, oh, God, I know what they're going to ask me. And uh, he was pretty prepared with most of his answers. Let's start with just going through it. Uh, Kyle went through all of the major injuries so far in 49ers OTAs and in spring practices, Tarverius Moore, Justin School, and Jeff Wilson's injuries so far. I mean, I can tell you what happened to the three of them. You know, Jeff got hurt sitting down in a chair in the locker room and he got out of it and his knee got in an awkward position. So, you know, that obviously it was a freak, unfortunate accident. Timor um, hurt his Achilles on air. No one was by him. He backpedaled and he went to go break forward and it just gave out. Um, then school in a pass protection drill, um, going against someone, put his foot down and his knee just buckled. So three unfortunate injuries, two on the field. I think the hard thing was um, the two on the field. You know, we, we had a clean camp. And, uh, no one no one got a serious injury like that. And then we had two guys in three plays um, with our various in school. So that was a little depressing. As always, you hate seeing that. But, you know, last year, uh, we didn't have an off season. We lost four people before training camp started. You know, we got we lost Debo to a broken foot in the off season. We lost DJ Reed to a torn pec. We lost Tease Taper to a broken foot. We lost Richie James to a broken wrist. Um, those are all outside of football. So uh, it's part of life. You know, we got 
two people hurt on the field in OTAs and seven practices. And it's very unfortunate because those two guys are having a great practice and Jeff got hurt before it started. Yeah, that's tough. The non-contact ones, like uh, sitting up out of a chair, that's not a way you like to get hurt. Obviously, something else is going on there. It's not like he hurt himself getting out of the chair. That was just the end of whatever was hanging on with his meniscus. And I wonder about Tarverius Moore's Achilles, because what would you think, Croc, if you were like the next guy up in a rep, one guy just breaks on a ball and his Achilles snaps, would you be kind of running gingerly after that for the rest of practice? I think that would get into my head a little bit. No, I'd be thinking it's my time to shine. <laughs> you oh, you're thinking, oh, cool. Like, I get to take this guy's job now. <laughs> I, yeah, I need those reps. I need those reps. So, like, hey, this is an opportunity. Okay, he went down. Because I've been there. Aaron oh, Berry, training camp. Aaron Berry, um, you know, he was with the Lions. Actually had a good year, but had this really weird off-the-field incident driving into cars. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Anyways, he ended up with the New York Jets. Oh. It's the offseason. I mean, it's training camp at this point. And boom, he goes down, tears his ACL. And I'm looking like, it's my time to shine. Like, it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't have anything, you know, I, I feel bad. Okay, dang, that sucks. But I I have a job to do, and I'm trying to make this roster. So I'm pretty sure there, there are safeties behind Tarverius Moore, who isn't even a starter. So, you know, you're talking about the, the third-string guys who they want to make this roster. And – Hey, you know, Tarverius Moore, he'll be all right. He'll be around. He's still going to get paid, but I, I need to get paid. So I need to make that money. So, no, I would not be going gingerly. I need to be going all out. You know, that's a great perspective. Next man up means a lot different to the guy who's the next man. When you're Correct. the next man up, you're like, okay, cool. Now it's my turn. Now I'm up to bat. That, that's really interesting perspective. And yeah, that's sort of football life there. And uh, it's funny how the, my first reaction to the injury and your first reaction to the injury is very different things there. Um, unfortunately, I, it doesn't sound like the 49ers are going to go bowling after all. Kyle Shanahan had talked about uh, his plans and everything that was going to be going on this um, this spring and their decision to essentially shut down the offseason program. There's no more mandatory minicamp was coming up, and that's not happening now. So essentially, they're done. Here's Kyle Shanahan on the, the decision to shut down his offseason program. No, we're totally done. Um, we, we really finished up our exit meetings today, really, with everybody. We're still going to keep the rookies around here for a little bit, some more than others. Um, I kind of decided a while ago we weren't going to do minicamp. You know, I, I rarely do do minicamp when we get nine OTAs in. We usually do one practice, and then we have, like, a team-building thing throughout that. And um, kind of decided earlier in this if we could get our OTAs in, I wasn't going to keep them for minicamp because it's a week longer than usual. I, I like the guys to get away for 40 days, and we started a week later this year than usual. The whole league did. So they only would have gotten away for, like, 32 days, and I think that does um, add up. So uh, we had such a big turnout, too. You know, and I know there was some question around a lot of people around the league. So uh, I didn't know if we didn't have a big turnout, I w obviously would have kept those guys because I know we had to get some work in. But, I mean, we really had 89 people show up to OTAs, which was um, unbelievable. And the guy who didn't was here since February rehabbing the whole time um, with D. So he just got away because he'd been here since February and uh, he had to get away for just his peace of mind. But having 89 guys here and getting seven OTA practices in, um, I felt great about it. You know, my plan was to get eight, um, and I was going to surprise them on Thursday and take um, everyone bowling. Um, but after our seventh practice with those two injuries and just the aura it gave to it, I wasn't going to come back and do one more just to do one more. So I surprised them on day eight instead of day nine. Imagine what we'd be talking about right now if they went bowling and that's when Tarverius Moore's 
Achilles snapped. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you, you almost don't want to do anything. It's like, just lay on your couch and then come back. But actually, I think that is where we can start to get to something. So Kyle Shanahan essentially said they did more earlier so they could do less next week and later in mini camps. And it seems to me it would make more sense to ramp it up slower. And, you know, who cares if it's 32 days off or 40 days off? That's plenty of time to rest before training camp. Make it 32 days before training camp and work into mini camps instead of putting all the work into the first OTAs, right? So so maybe we found something right there that could be a, a much better way to ramp things up slower and utilize a full mini camp and do those practices, have more practices a few weeks later rather than piling all into the first eight days of OTAs. Now, I will say that there are some things that are out of his hands. You know, you the phases are the phases. There's phase one, two, three, whatever. And you have to put in a certain amount of days in each, and you know, workouts in each phase. So he can't necessarily ramp it up any more so than any other squad. Now, maybe they put more on their plate, maybe from a... uh. I don't, I don't even think like a meeting standpoint because even then you're only so OTAs when I when I reported for OTAs you're only there for really like four hours you have you come in and you have a workout from eight to ten um, and now this is what this was with the Jets but you had a workout from eight a.m. to ten a.m. depending on if you're offense or defense and it was just vibe, it was just flip flopped or whatever right but we come in there eight to ten is a workout at from eight to nine, we were we were lifting. From nine to ten, we were on the field doing some agility work. And then from ten to twelve, we were in the meeting rooms. Once that's done, boom, you're free to go home. So I'm not sure exactly where he could ramp up more because everything is kind of really kind of laid out. The CBA maybe kind of did it that way to where it takes a lot out of the organization's hands with how they kind of structure things. Well, it's it's like, so the practices they had this week, what if they took it easier in this week, then had practices next week instead of doing nothing next week is, is sort of what I'm saying. Or even if you're going to have a week off, have the week off in the middle instead of doing all the work in a one or two week period, then take time off, work a week, take a week off, then work a week, then have the the month off before training camp. I don't know. That, that's just another way to look at it. The way he explained it is like, okay, well, why did you need to get it all done now so you could have another week off? Next week, why not have this week off, work a little bit next week? And, and so that was sort of regimented in a way that would that would make it go slower on and, and have less work in a row, you know, less practices, less weeks in a row on the players' bodies as they're ramping it up. I don't know. That That's just, from hearing that explanation from him, that was the first thing that jumped into my mind. It seems like an easy way to change things if they wanted to try it. Now, I, I do know with the Jets, and maybe this is something that he's kind of talking about, with the Jets, we only went four days a week. It was Monday, Tuesday, and then we had Wednesday off, and then we were there Thursday, Friday. What if he's not giving off, giving that one day off, and that kind of speeds up the process of everything? Mm-hmm. That I, and I don't know if that's allowed or what, but maybe that could be something. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's, whatever, which whatever way you can spread out the work into. Because I think a lot of time off and a lot of time on is the easiest way to get hurt. I think right. working the, this, the working a, a, a more steady amount through the entire process would be a much better way to do things. I don't know. but um, think, think about it like this. If they go five days a week, 
that kind of, you know, over a span of a month, that essentially adds an extra week compared to what I was, you know, doing with the Jets. Mm -hmm. So now, again, I don't even know if that's allowed. I don't know if it's mandated that it's four days on, one day off every week. But if he does add that extra day, that could kind of speed up the process of OTAs. And there's so much more detail that goes into it than what we're talking about here. And Kyle goes into a little bit of that detail in GPS and some of the the ways that they evaluate their workouts and how they structure things in spring practices. More from Kyle Shanahan coming up on that, the injuries, and how some players performed, specifically his quarterbacks this spring. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising the game is rigged against you? You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. It's head-to-head fantasy matchups. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. A 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money, and then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Yeah, I think about everything every single day, um, seven days a week. That's my job too. That's why we change stuff up a lot and we always do. We're always reevaluating things and doing things like um, I'd say. You know, we change every year a little bit. You know, we always learn from stuff. But um, to sit and say we're going to do training camp differently because someone got hurt getting out of chair because someone got hurt on air and um, a person hurt his knee playing football, um, this would be pretty irresponsible of me and extremely reactionary. Um, we just try to do what's right for our guys and provide them football. And we try to do it the safest way as possible. So that was whether or not he was going to make any big changes after the injuries that happened this week, specifically, specifically those two season enders for Moore and School. And reactionary this week, I get, but these aren't isolated incidents. This has been going on for eight years where they've lost the most uh, amount of, I can't remember how it's put, but lost the most games played, I think, from players for the last eight years, whatever it is. 
um, this it wouldn't be reactionary to change things when this has been going on. And I'm sure they already, and he just said, you know, they always evaluate it. They're constantly evolving, and things have changed from last year to this year, and they will, I'm sure, continue to change. So in my opinion, reactionary wouldn't really be what's happening right now. I would think, um, and actually, I'll play this next clip too. This was the Grant clip, by the way. I think the Grant question when he was asking uh, if they stopped practice and and the way grant worded it of course in, in his in, i love the way a grant goes about things sometimes um he basically worded it like why the hell didn't you just stop practice as soon as maybe the first injury happened then maybe you could prevent the second injury you know essentially is what grant was getting at here no we finished practice and i, don't, I usually don't cancel a practice when a guy gets hurt so i don't you know unless you think i should um you know if someone broke their neck or something like that like that's tough to go out there and do something but no one really just cancels practices when people get hurt so i think that would be extremely weird um second thing we change stuff up all the time i mean i could go get a book out and tell you how many reps i would do in year one to year two um i don't like to tell other teams what we do but you know some of our high low stuff and how we rep guys the way we do it off of a day off um we have heavy rep days to low rep days to heavy rep days to low rep days um a ton of stuff that goes into that which takes us about three weeks to figure out before we put a schedule together so uh yeah they they think about these things it's not like kyle shanahan wants his players to get injured and if they was a, if there was a magic pill or you know some way to change things they would do it and so they're they're looking for the same answers that we are when we're looking at this. One of the things he said there, which is one of the frustrating things about this subject, which is one of the frustrating things about the draft, is teams are so hush-hush. They don't want other teams to know about their process, what they're doing. So it makes it harder for us from the outside to evaluate what they're doing because they don't want to tell us. They, and, and it's for, like that's why I wish I could get those glimpses of teams' draft boards after the draft, right? Because they just keep everything so quiet, even if it doesn't matter anymore. They don't want to be second-guessed. They don't want teams to know who they like. They don't want anybody to know any of the information that they don't have have to know so you have to speculate and you have to ask Kyle Shanahan well why didn't you shut down practice because you don't have all the answers and they don't want to tell you all the answers either so that's what makes a lot of this frustrating it's just really hard to know and have any definitive answers about why the 49ers are getting hurt at a higher rate than other teams in the league so yeah I mean that's something that they're definitely gonna have to you know figure out and it sounds like he he is trying to but you know we're all looking for the answers we're all trying to figure out what it is that's going on and it almost sounds like they are too, just as much as us. Mm-hmm. They just can't figure it out. And I think that's, you know, the interesting thing when you see the reactions on social media and everybody giving their advice on how to fix this thing. You know, 49ers are trying to figure it out just as much as we are. And they don't understand it. And that, that's why I was glad that I got to have the conversation on my, you know, uh, YouTube account with. Uh, you know, a 12-year NFL vet, and he figuring things out. And I think one thing that maybe Kyle Shanahan didn't mention is the player. You know, he talked about everything with, with with the organization and what and what they're doing to try to help these guys stay healthy. But he never and and will kind of put it more on the players have to do what they can do to make sure that they are healthy, to make sure that they aren't doing too much or too little in the offseason so that they are, you know, making sure that they're really taking their recovery process serious. Those are things that we didn't hear him touch on, and maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan is missing throughout this process. 
or and I think it's maybe some coach speak where he doesn't want to throw his players under the bus, but it's something he can't say. So he kind of talks around that yeah. subject because he doesn't want to put it on the players. He just got hurt, you know, that, that maybe there's something that they could be doing to help. But privately, they're probably preaching a lot of that behind the scenes and a lot of that to these guys before they go away for 30 or 40 days or whatever it is so that they can be right when they come into training camp. And so um, one of the things that, that we, we don't really talk about that much that I always notice and it's part of this whole process is when you're away from the team, you're not necessarily playing football, you're working out, you're kind of simulating football in some ways, but kind of not. And when it comes to the draft, this is where I always see the most obvious thing that I think we can learn from is the draft. When essentially a college player goes from playing football season to becoming a track athlete for four months, right? Because they're working out on working on speed and working on running a 40 and working on jumping high and all these things. And it's a different kind of training regimen. And so after that and they get drafted now they go back into football mode and you see so many rookies and Kyle talked about it a little bit you uh, see so many rookies that tweak their hamstrings and, and and you know get these injuries and because their body's not ready for football even though they're in the best shape of their lives and their height weight speed is on point they're not ready for football activity so in a lot of ways the best way to get ready for football is to play football and so many of these injuries aren't football related they're getting out of a chair they are um non-contact injuries in a way. So I don't know if less contact, less football is the answer. I think maybe more football, less fake workout football might be better for some of these guys in a way, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and and that's what I was trying to get, you know, to some people on social media, you have to practice. Yeah. Like you have to practice. There's no way around that aspect of it. And you just have to do it as safe as possible but when you're playing the sport of football, there's only so much you can do to take, you know, like you have to compete. Will said it as well on, on, on a YouTube channel. You have to compete. And he thinks that that should be implemented as far as like, you know, that that type of, you know, and that's what's going to help guys really kind of get ready. But what's too much? And I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Mm. But it sounds like ultimately everybody's kind of doing the same thing. I don't think any team is reinventing the wheel when it comes to how they are really preparing, except for one team that he mentioned, which was the Seahawks. And they're going about it maybe a little bit different than some other people. Now, Kyle Shanahan did touch on the GPS stuff, and I think Will alluded to something along that as, as well. But there's somebody behind the scenes that's really helping Seahawk players do whatever they can to stay healthy. Now, I don't know where they are on the healthy rankings, but um, I know Will definitely brought them specifically up with something that they do. Yeah, the GPS stuff is big, and it's the wave of, well, it's the current wave, but for us, it's the wave of the future because we don't know uh, how it all comes together and we don't have all the data. That's the one, another thing that's frustrating about the draft that I really want to see. And uh, hopefully by the 2022 draft, we can pay for it or whatever we have to do to not be an NFL team and still get that GPS data because I think speed tracking for how fast a lot of these players are. And we've heard the 49ers reference that a couple of times. Like this is a, this franchise is big on the GPS stuff and they use it in workouts and in tracking how much a player is moving and running during uh, practices. But as far as speed tracking for prospects, that's huge. And and that's something. Wasn't the, what wasn't it the Rams that said that they are, pretty much doing away with the 40 yard dash yeah, the, the 40 yard going, dash is we already know it's imperfect and not great anyway but if you can get, it, yeah. replace that with something else that's better like gps i think that's fantastic and i really wish i had that information and, and, and it's not just better because you know it, it's better just from a 
Everybody always talks about football speed, track speed, right? You can run a fast 40-yard dash and not play at that speed, but the GPS allows you to track guys in-game who are reaching their max speed, mm-hmm. and now you understand more so of how they, how fast can they play? Like, what's the potential of their play speed? And I think that's way more important. Now, here's the issue. So maybe some teams, you know, or schools might not have access to that type of technology, mm. but there are teams or there are there's companies like um, uh, RA uh, Analytics. Um, they they can put a GPS tracker on any player on any play, and it shows the max speed. So I think using game see, film, right? They use the game film and they can break it yeah. down. Yeah, and and I think there are, and I think I heard the the Rams guys kind of alluding to that as well. It technology allows you to put the GPS tracker on it without having to know what the chip is on the player. You can still reach it. Like, so Colin Kaepernick's 90-yard touchdown run against the Chargers some years back, right? I think it was 2014 season. Kaepernick reached a max speed of 21.4 miles per hour. It's blazing. And and that was tracked by that. You know, that's a good speed for a quarterback, you know? So, um I think there it's out there. Now people just have to kind of really utilize it instead of using a 40-yard dash time, which really, you know, and I've talked about this before, my 40-yard my dash, I went and ran a 40-yard dash. Now this is all hand time, but for the New Orleans Saints, I ran a 4.71. I went home, I flew home, I worked with a trainer for three days working on my stance and my start, right? So all technical work for three days, a, a total of three hours in three days. And I went for the Philadelphia Eagles and ran a four five five. Why are we tracking something that is so you know dependent on if you know how to run this or not? And it doesn't test my true yeah. speed in a game. You're training. To, you're training for a different sport, and then you're getting drafted or signed based off that rather than your football speed. No, I think that's huge, and I think GPS right. is going to change everything as far as that draft stuff goes. And you know what? Um, big. Big media is going to want that information because if people watching the combine stop paying attention to the 40-yard dash and want the GPS instead, then ESPN and NFL.com, and uh, they're all going to want to get that information out to the public too. So maybe it's going to be a service that you have to pay for first, and whatever that is, I need to find out about it because, gosh dang it, by 2022 draft, I want the GPS information. I want to know how fast these guys are because I want all that information (laughs) as a draft nerd. All right, hold on. Uh, We got... We got to finish this up with a few more quotes from Kyle Shanahan. No more about injuries. Let's hear about the quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and who is wide receiver number three. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like jalapeno? Recently, if you find that one, give it a shot. I was pleasantly surprised. Coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter is my favorite, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. Salted caramel, double chocolate, raspberry, some of the classic flavors there, and they're filtering through new flavors all the time. Something for everyone. And as we know from the Built Bar bracket, some passionate fans about their favorite flavors. Not only are Built Bar the best tasting protein bars on the market, they're healthy too. We're talking 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of net carbs, and 4 grams of sugar. You can find a flavor that satisfies you or build your own box of Built Bars and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Aside from the injuries, which is overtaking everything right now, the thing everyone wants to know about any kind of practice, any kind of workout, how are the quarterbacks looking? Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance. Let's start with the rookie. How has Trey Lance performed in OTAs? Uh, I think he did a good job. I mean, just being able to throw everything at him. You know, we got through the whole installation um, and be able to do that. You know, there's a process of it. Some, some days you do good, some days you do bad, but... There's a whole up and down with it um, that is necessary for a guy to go through. So you can get those reps, soak it in, have an idea of what it feels like. <clears throat> now we have tape to show him, tape to talk to him about. He gets to get away on his own and have an idea of what's expected out of him when he gets back. And um, just going through the process, kind of with most people with OTAs, I don't really ever say whether it was good or bad because just going through it to me is good, even even if he didn't do that well, which I thought he did. But it's just the experience of how it affects you in camp um, and leads to what you got to work on when you're away and really helps you get your mind right and your body right for what's ahead of us. I mean, there's so much for I mean, there's so much ahead for Trey Lance. It's really hard to put too much on just some early practices in his first spring in the league, and so much he has to learn. He hasn't even played real football uh, one game, and you know, over the course of you know a year and a half now. But you know, what's funny is watching it live and then hearing it back just audio just now. Kyle Shanahan like had something in his throat. He's kind of coughing a little bit during that one answer, but not the rest of them. It's almost like as if he was he had a, it was like a poker tell, like he was lying about it. Did you? I, I got that feeling <laughs> listening back with just the audio. I didn't notice that when I was watching him do it live. No, but I mean, how much can you take from OTAs about a rookie, right? And I think it's a good point from Shanahan. Like first of all, all the fans need to slow down. Maybe Trey Lance will win the starting job week one, but you shouldn't expect that. Like slow down. This is like this guy's learning how to practice like a professional right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge learning curve. Just, you know, the different, you know, verbiage part, right? Like, you you hear veterans say that going to a new system, going to a new coaching staff, having to learn the verbiage that they use that might have been completely opposite of what, you know, the other organization that they were with. That's a huge adjustment in itself, let alone coming to the NFL. The game is moving much faster than it was at the FCS level, um, you know, kind of dealing with that dealing with probably maybe the expectations of being the number three overall pick, all those things kind of factor into, you know, how maybe somebody might look early on. But I think, you know, even with him and and probably they understand that as well. So it's more of a, let's just get him on the same page as us. Let's get him to understand what it is that we want to do. We'll worry about everything else later. You know, that's why I think Kyle Shanahan did a really good job of kind of really controlling a lot of the narratives with Trey Lance. This is not a competition until it is, right? So right now there are no expectations for him to start week one outside of maybe people that just really want that. Mm. But, you know, overall, it's when when the time is right, it, you know, he'll be in there. But right now we just want to get this guy to understand what it is that we want from him. And I think so far it sounds like they've done a good job doing that. All right. Well, when it does become a competition – the guy who he's competing with, who, and, and let's be honest, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who's the starter, at least to start camp. Like, he's going to get first, the, he's going to get starting quarterback treatment. It's Jimmy G. How was his spring in 49ers camp? I think Jimmy had his, his best spring since we've had him. And, you know, as we had the spring the first year with him, the second year he had the ACL, so we didn't get that. And then last year it was COVID, so this is really a second one. Um, not being on an ACL, and um, I thought Jimmy came in in great shape, really locked in, a good place physically and mentally, and I thought he had as good of OTAs as he's had. Best spring he's had. Woo! Look at Jimmy G taking a taking a lead 
in uh, in the quarterback competition that is not a competition until it becomes a competition, uh, I, you would have to, if you were an odds maker about who's going to start week one, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be so far out ahead, right, as the most likely player to, to be the starter for the 49ers, right, Croc? Right, and I think that's encouraging, right? Like, that, that, that just, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, or the 49ers didn't draft Trey Lance because they think Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, right? Like, Trey, Trey Lance was drafted because Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy for the better part of, you know, two out of three years. So their hand was kind of forced, but I don't think it was like, hey, we don't think Jimmy Garoppolo could play. I think they felt like, you know, there's definitely a level of execution that Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do at a high level. And so when you see and you hear this, the only thing that's kind of surprising to me is he hasn't been a really good practice player, right? He hasn't been that just efficient guy in practice. He's been kind of mediocre. Obviously, we've heard about the practices where he threw five straight interceptions, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> I don't even – I feel Hard like you can't do. even do that if, even if you're trying. Yeah. But somehow he did it. So, you know, you look at maybe where he has been in past years, and then you look at where he's at now – I think that's encouraging. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I think people would be foolish to think that as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, doesn't give you that that best opportunity. I think he definitely does. So it's encouraging to hear that he's having the best camp. Um, and I think it 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 still helps take a little bit of pressure off of Trey Lance to not feel like he has to be perfect. Garoppolo is supposed to look like that. If anything, it maybe helped Trey Lance know what Kyle Shanahan eventually is going to want him to look look mm-hmm. like in the future. I need you to play at this efficient of a level. And, you know, it's good. It's good for the rookie to kind of see that. Yeah, we saw with Aaron Rodgers last year, too. Maybe a little extra fire under Garoppolo that maybe he didn't even know he needed himself that will help him propel him to his best 49ers play, as we saw in 2019, which could be pretty darn good. And it could be a really good 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, you drafted a 20-year-old quarterback not for year one. I mean, that's clear. So whatever Trey Lance becomes, he's not going to be that after his first OTAs. Last one here, who is wide receiver number three? And judging by Kyle Shanahan's answer here, I think he has just about as good of an idea of who his third wide receiver is going to be as he has an idea of how to prevent injuries in training camp. I mean, I think we got a number of candidates who can earn that spot you're talking about. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for the obvious third spot I and mean, with what you say with Ayuk and Debo, but those guys, you know, they got to put in a good camp and get through it healthy so we can get them up to play up to their potential. And that's mainly allowed them to get a month of practice in, which would be great for them in training camp. And if they get that, um, I know how good they'll be going into the season. Um, after that, you know, we've had a, I've been happy with our group out there. Um, a number of guys have a chance to, to try to earn that third role. And we need a number of guys to make the roster to be ready for starting roles in case people get hurt. So yeah, it's not to where you can just pencil in those guys. And I know Bourne's had that the last couple of years. So that's the one that everyone wants to see um, replaced. Uh, but guys who have done it in the past year, you know, with Richie, um, he's been here for a lot and helped us a ton. And uh, right before he um, got hurt, or uh, tweak something that uh, I thought he was having a hell of a camp. So I'm excited to see him come back. And some of the guys that people haven't seen yet with, um, you know, Juwan Jennings, who was on our practice squad last year, a guy like uh, Mohamed Sanu, who's done a lot of things in his career, who he's been having a hell of a camp. Travis been having a hell of a camp. Um, Kevin White's been doing great. And we got to, I know I'm missing people, but there's not a guy on our, on our roster, um, at receiver 
that doesn't have a chance to make this team. All of them, I believe, are NFL players, and um, all of them gave them a chance in OTAs to show us that, and we'll see what they do in their 40 days away, and it'll be a fun competition to watch. And if everyone stays healthy, um, it's going to be a battle, and um, it's a good problem to have, though. All I heard there, Croc, was future wide receiver three, Richie James. What about you? <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll we'll get into the officer coordinator and what he says, but mm. Um, I think overall, like you said, they, 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 they don't know. They, they don't know. It's wide open. And that's a good thing to, to be able to let it play out throughout training camp. Maybe they go into the offseason with kind of an idea of, of, you know, what they're thinking. But, you know, once, once everything kind of plays out, it might be even somebody different than what they're thinking at this moment. And, yeah, look, and injuries again is probably going to play a role here. Someone's going to get hurt. And it's going to either take them out of the running or give someone else an opportunity to win a job. And Richie James needs to stay healthy if he's going to go win that job and solidify that spot at wide wide receiver three, which I think he could. But Jawan Jennings, we you know, looks like he's in really good shape, and and we haven't seen what he looks like. If Jalen Hurd is healthy at all, he didn't mention Jalen Hurd. I I think he's probably an afterthought for them at this point, even though they, I'm sure they loved him at one point and thought he could be somebody huge. But um, and he mentioned Debo and and Ayuk as like, look, they have to be healthy too so they could be on the field and be the starters so yeah. uh, health is a big part of it and this is going to be one of the underrated camp battles wide receiver three through six which will be a lot of fun we'll talk more about those training camp battles on upcoming episodes we'll hear, hear from the offensive coordinator next week we'll talk running backs Mostert what's his role now what's his future like Trey Sermon Elijah Mitchell the rookies talk Aaron Banks and uh, Jalen Moore offensive tackles we'll get into some uh, I think we haven't talked about Hufanga yet, the the safety, which is your specialty, DB's Croc. So we'll get into all the rookies we haven't talked about yet, training camp, battles, uh, everything going on with the 49ers. We will cover right here daily, Locked on 49ers.